Thank you for downloading this sponsored podcast presented by PR Week. For more podcasts, visit us online at prweek.com. Welcome to another edition of the Changemakers podcast series. Changemakers was a program that PR Week and Google introduced. The main goal was truly to continue and advance the conversation, but more importantly, activity around diversity, equity, and inclusion. In all of these podcasts, we feature some of the top leaders in the industry who are really helping move the needle in this front. And I am thrilled to be joined by one such leader today, Chanel Armstrong Fowler, Director of U.S. Public Affairs at Abbey. Chanel, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Um, I've known Chanel for a long time through a few um, different organizations. And this has been a topic that not only does she care about passionately, but she's been leaning on it for such a long time. Perfect guest to have on today's podcast. And Chanel, without further ado, I want to get right to the question. So one of the main points to come out of both the judges' deliberations and subsequent conversations is the need for in-house departments to work more with agencies in collaboration to make real and sustainable progress on DE&I. You, of course, have worked in both settings, agency and in-house. So I'm happy to give you the floor, Chanel, to discuss the best ways for this collaboration to work in order for that goal to be attained. So here's the biggest thing that I want us to take from this moment, right? When it comes to the word collaboration, I think that you have to have an intention of wanting to include others at the table. If the intention to honestly diversify your organization, they have equitable solutions, not just wallpaper, but equitable solutions you have to have real intention and action to diversify your rank and file and leadership in the agency practice. We saw that intention happen on the corporate front where organizations had real intention. They understood the what this moment could do for them as individuals, but also as a collective. And what do I mean by that? It's very difficult not to really see the contributions that people of color have made to this country. You have to have your eyes closed if you have not seen the contributions that people have made, people of color have made. What I get confused on is why are we still here? Why isn't there more honest intention? Why does it seem like there's a rally call and then there's a scramble to the door and then nothing really changes and everything sets back? Why are we still here? The collaboration can exist. However, the intention and the actions have to match. And right now they just do not. And what what is it that in-house teams or in I'm sorry, just brands who seem to be doing better on this front than agencies are? What is it that brands can impart upon agencies to not only build that intention? Because, you know, I will say that there is an intent on agencies part to advance this. Now, is it enough of an intent? People can debate that, but there certainly is an intent there. But what can brands do to really make make it so that agencies really take this as seriously as an issue of this importance should be taken? So, so Gideon, you and I are going to disagree. I don't think there is intention. We're defining mm-hmm. intention very differently. Because I, because let me just say this, when I wanted to learn how to ride a bike, I intended, I started off wanting to learn how to ride this bike and I did not stop. I was relentless until I learned how to ride this bike. And then I rode the bike and then I became 
incredibly good at it. I went out with my friends. I keep doing it. As an adult, I have a bike and it's part of what I do. Mm. That is the intention. We don't have that. People want to learn, but they may put, maybe I'll practice an hour, but where's that? That's not intention, right? Mm. So you and I are going to disagree on the intention. Okay. Secondly is where what I think that corporations have done, they understand the contributions of those that are different are bringing to the tables. Recently, I want to say it was Forbes that did this whole article and it was recently published that the most profitable companies in our Fortune 500 are those that have diversity in the C-suite, on the board, and then their rank and file. Those are the most profitable companies. So it's not that this is still a need to do. This is a must to do for the survival of companies, agencies, and our industry. How are we supposed to be telling the stories from diverse practices, from diverse audiences, tell stories that resonate, whether you're telling that story to a producer, an editor, a reporter, a blogger. How are you telling that story when you don't look like the rank and file people who are actually viewing, listening, and hearing that story? How does that work? It, it doesn't. <laughs> That's right. right. It doesn't. Yeah. I was watching today on Good Morning America, and this was really interesting, that Hallie, Hallie Beaver, Justin Beaver's wife, mm-hmm. she was getting criticized about a makeup trend about dark colored lip, was like a dark brown lip liner and a gloss on top of it. And everyone was calling it the Haley uh, Beaver look. And people just went crazy because it's not the Haley Beaver look. It's a look that it was in the early 80s. Latina women and black women have always had this look. I remember having the chestnut brown lip liner from MAC. Everybody did because it was already on refill. You never get it because it was already sold out. (laughs) But is that what I'm saying? It's like if someone would have been in the conversation that says like, you probably want to, you know, give credit to where that that look really came from Hmm. and pay a level of homage or inclusion around, this is a great look. We are revamping it. I've seen it on TLC. I've seen it on a lot of young Latinas. I love this look and I hope I do it right. That kind of feedback and coaching that you give your clients is important for them to even be successful in their own you know, endeavors and journeys. But if you don't have the rank and file on your teams that understand that and that feel psychologically safe enough to say it, because that's the other part, to feel psychologically safe enough to say it, then what does that say about our industry? Um, Chanel, that was honestly one of the best examples I've ever heard about intentionality. No one cannot understand what you just said. Very appreciative of that. Thank you for that. Um, what it says about the industry has a long way to go. <laughs> that's what it says about the industry. Yeah. You're right. One of the other issues, though, that is often cited among younger pros of color in particular is the lack of people like me in senior level positions for them to aspire to emulate. Chanel, you are clearly a top level communicator who has attained top level positions on both the agency and in-house side. So I have a two part question for you. One, please speak about the role mentors have played and perhaps still play as you have reached the levels you have in the industry. And then second, given your position, what do you view as your responsibility or opportunity as it pertains to younger, diverse pros who hope to reach your level or even beyond? 
So I'm going to reverse order this That's and fine. start with the responsibility of myself to younger people in the industry. Mm-hmm. So I will say this, to whom much is given, much is expected, right? And I think that we're lost on that is I not only open the door, I help up the ladder. And I have to say that almost every single job that I've gotten in corporate America, it was from someone who either worked on my team, who was one of my former interns, or worked with me in a capacity as in a junior, in a junior capacity. They either the headhunter has, they heard they were looking for a role, the headhunter, they worked at the headhunting firm and threw my name in. It was the younger generation who really are those true change makers who are saying, these are the type of leaders that I want to be around. These are the type of leaders that I feel psychologically safe with, because I'm going to keep coming back to that. Because what we know for a fact is this this Generation Z, they have an importance on purpose and psychological safety. And so they are really opting into leaders and companies who make them feel safe where they can bring their all, drive their creativity, have impact to businesses and really serve those clients. So I would say that my responsibility is to continue to do what I do, is to give more of what I can and who I am. Now, the other part, the role of a mentor is in the organization is really to mentor. And mentorship doesn't just happen from junior members that enter the organization. It can be peer-to-peer, and also it can be that reverse mentorship that you share with your leadership of saying, hey, there are some things I wanna, I wanna share about what we're seeing on the ground levels. Hey, here's some things that we're seeing in the industry. Let's prepare for these moments and how can we be a better employer or how can we be more inclusive in our approach or how can we you know, amplify what we're already doing well to get ahead of some of these things. And that's the responsibility that I believe I have is really, as my father would always call it, speak truth to power as well as to whom much is given, much is expected. Mm-hmm. And I live right in between there somewhere most days. Pretty pretty good place to live, Chanel. I appreciate that very much indeed. And that's, to be honest, that's really, really good advice even outside of the DEI conversation about mentorship. So I very much appreciate that. You know, another frustration many have when it comes to progress or lack thereof on DEI is that when events such as George Floyd's murder occur, you'll get a surge of interest in activity, but then they both dissipate. Why do you think that is, and what would you counsel? What would your counsel be to organizations to ensure that when you get some momentum from something like that? Now, granted, it shouldn't come to an event like that, but in reality, I know that events like that do put DNI more top of mind. So, when that momentum happens, what is your advice for that momentum to maintain, and it just doesn't become something that people think about for a month and then it just kind of dissipates again? Yeah, that's a tough one because I think that we live in a culture that has an attention span, you know, that is so limited, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you have the ever evolving, you know, media cycle, what's next on the media cycle is also the desensitized, when we see that people have become desensitized to some of these issues that are actually becoming more and more visible, you also, people are exhausted, and people are tired and this is trauma, right? Mm. So you have a perfect storm for people wanting to do something, 
however, for people wanting to wish it away, right? And so wish it didn't happen, you know, because it means that we have to go back and say that we're not as far as we thought we were. And so every time there's a moment like this, whether it's George Floyd or Breonna Taylor, you know, we have to remind ourselves that this wound is not healed. And companies really should be very cautious on how they connect to those moments because it goes back to where I early started with intention. If your intention is to bring in diverse voices to add impact to your business, then these moments will only punctuate what you're doing right and saying like, we don't need to make three statements and have special initiatives because we're already headed in the right direction. We need to create safe spaces for the people who work here who may reflect on these moments and have some form of kinship to this moment. We already are doing the right thing. It's those companies that don't have true intention that run and try to grab onto the news cycle with a couple of useful posts and a couple of DIE hires and then with no support and or any resources behind that person and then they're charged with making their company feel better in these times and then that person gets burnt out and then they leave because no one can carry the weight of something so heavy alone Mm -hmm. you know one of the things that's really striking me in this conversation is and I appreciate you kind of going back at me about the intention part because I think one of the issues is that a lot of organizations in this industry, I'm not just going to say agencies are in-house. I I think it's a broader issue than that. They probably think the intent is there. And in some ways it is, but it's not a full intent. And for something like this, you need that full intent. And Chanel, obviously for the past few minutes has spoken about a lot of ways that you really need to think about it so you can get there. So again, really appreciate it. I wasn't necessarily expecting the conversation to go that way, but that makes for a great podcast. So I appreciate that. I haven't actually, I think I actually have a tough question for you, but I also think you're a really good person to answer it. Now, one of the things that clearly came out of the change makers judging deliberations was that some progress has been made in some areas by agencies. And I don't want to say that it hasn't been, Um, but again, the holistic kind of change that is necessary for an issue such as this, it's not quite there yet. Now, and I think a lot of people also agree that this is not going to be a problem. This is not going to be something that is going to be fixed or achieved in a short amount of time. It is, it, it, it's a long goal here, but in order to attain a long-term goal, you do need short-term marks to reach that are telling you that you're getting somewhere. So if we're sitting here a year from now, Chanel, what would you like to see at agencies that would tell you, you know what? This is moving in the right direction, in a direction that I think is sustainable and where maybe five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, whatever that might be, we actually might be at a point where it's where it needs to be. And we don't even have to have this conversation anymore. So but what would you be looking for a year from now that will tell you the progress, good progress, sustainable progress is being made? I told you it was a tough question. It is. (laughs) And, you know, I reflect back on our discussion um, during the Changemakers conversation and Mm -hmm. deliberation. Mm -hmm. And a couple of things that I will tell you um, that I believe, um, and I will stand on this one, is you have to have these initiatives tied to bonuses. 
Mm -hmm. And those bonuses are not just about the recruitment, but it is about the retention, Mm. the retention of talent, the retention of vendor partners, the retention of agency leadership, and the retention of a culture because that is inclusive, right? And we're not saying that some cultures are not inclusive, right? Because, you know, I could shout out Havas because I worked there at Havas and that was a very inclusive culture. And I felt a sense of belonging, especially under the leadership of Marion Salzberg. She's a great um, leader and we had great conversations around a lot of things that were in the industry. And I just had to shout her out because I really enjoyed um, mm-hmm. working with her from a leader. Mm-hmm. I was her, she was my agency and then she hired me to be there on their side. So it was awesome. Um, what I would tell you is we have, we're talking around what really is the engine, the issue. It's the culture and mm-hmm. the agencies. And so if the culture would shift where people wanted to come in or work remote or be a part or be excited about being a part of the team and people can create that culture, right? People can create that. That's a leadership, you know, positioning. That is a leadership challenge and a charge to create a culture where people enjoy what they do, Mm -hmm. where you're removing barriers, where you have diverse candidates and diverse, you have people of color who are excited about being a part of a team, whose contributions are being heard, who feel psychologically safe. And they are actually will be not only some of your strongest producers, but they're your ears on the ground, boots on the ground that are understanding cultural trends and that are bringing that nuance and that information to your clients to be able to serve them, to give them the edge, to have impact on their business so that their shareholders are seeing a different approach, a different growth, organic, as well as through uh, the visibility of these brands. So we can say that we can tie this to the bonus, but it needs to be tied to retention and it needs to be tied to culture shifts because that's truly what's going to change a lot of this is the culture. Brilliantly said. I have nothing to add to that. Thank you so much. But I have one more question for you, Chanel, and I hope you don't mind out there. It's a little bit of fun because, you know, very certain, we, we know this is a very important topic. Of course it is. But <laughs> when I find out something about someone I'm about to speak with that I think really interesting that I didn't know, have to ask about it. So here we go. In 2013, you opened Hot & Company Bridal Boutique. I think I pronounced that right. <laughs> no, <laughs> I you did not get it. It is okay. French. It is Oat, Oat & Co. Bridal Boutique. Okay, I'm a kid from Brooklyn. You'll have to forgive me. But what, what Chanel just said. In, 2000, in 2018, it became the setting for a TV series called The Perfect Fit, which appeared on Timing's free streaming network, People TV. I'd love to hear a bit about, and no, this isn't this isn't Say Yes to the Dress, okay? That's a different show on a different network that I have watched, unfortunately, because my wife made me a couple of times. Anyway, I digress. I'd love to hear a bit about that entire project and how it helped you become an even better communicator for your clients and brands. Okay, so first of all, um, it's so funny. Every now and again, um, someone will mention that at work. Like, I think I saw you on TV, <laughs> and I'm like, probably did, right? So, um, so what happened was, I was looking at taking 
I loved retail, wanted to do something different, went into this phase, and I got a call um, from a producer. Now, this is what I would tell you. Now, you and I get in, get a lot of calls from people that says they want to put yourself on TV. Now, often I look at that as spam, but my gut says, Chanel, return this call. And it said it very loud. So I said, I returned the call, and it was from a large production house out of, I call Authentic Noise, out of L.A., and they did things like a lot of stuff with like Bravo and et cetera. So I'm like, okay, met with them. Boom, here we go. We have a show. And what I will say is it was a it was a great series. I, I it was wonderful. It really talked about inclusion on size inclusion, inclusion and um, body positivity. It was the first um really streaming opportunity that when streaming was starting to be in this infancy stage of really getting content and 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 a little bit of a side note it's actually in australia so i will randomly get emails or um dms in my instagram when people say they saw me so that's always kind of fun (laughs) but it really showed me a couple things one is i built a brand from zero that actually got a national platform. So I always knew I was talented, but if you want to see real talent, build a brand that can actually take you to a national platform. Mm. Number two is that I honed my digital and my social skills like no one else. I really was able to learn segmentation. I really understood SEO. I really understood the power of communications. I really understood how I can have a bifurcated conversation about being a curvy shop, but also in a well-established industry like the wedding. I also, what happened was, and this is something that you don't know, what happened was once um, time, once the People Network was acquired um, and they were like, we were they're going back and forth. And then Own Network came and wanted to do something else. And I, okay, so this is the funny part. This is how life works, right? So Own Network, and everyone thinks Own is Oprah. I mean, it is in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but it's still in that, right? Right. And so they wanted to do another show with me because they said I had quit, quit, and I was good on my feet. And I, well, if you're in communications mm-hmm. and you're doing and you're having a media interview, you know how to be quick on your feet and how to answer those questions. And you know how to bridge and all those great tools that we've learned over the years. We've just honed them, right? And they wanted to do a show called My Fairy Gown Mother. And I would travel all around the country in helping brides who had gotten distressed, whether that's stressed because there may have been a death in their family or a flood, and we were going to rebuild their wedding, including their dress from scratch. And they wanted to do this. And we went back and forth. And I have to tell you, I remember saying to my husband, he said, what do you want to do? And this is not, I'm not lying when I tell you. I said, I want to go back into PR. (laughs) Because (laughs) here's the thing is, even though I may have a magnetic personality, you know, I am much I uh, think I, 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 I've been told that, right? I have presence. I, I figured out that I was very comfortable behind the scenes. And that was a learning for me. Now, it, and when I'm in front of the scenes, it's talking about issues like DEI, it's talking about inclusion. It really is talking about digital, social, the industry, how we can make it better, how we can make it, you know, just really do what it's supposed to do. But when it came to something as personalized as being someone's, choice to help them through really tough moments. I found that that wasn't my real calling. I, even though I could do it, it pulled on a lot of emotional heartstrings that I just didn't have the emotional bandwidth mm. to be able to see through and give it my everything. You know, 
It's funny. I actually thought when I was asking that question, it was going to it was it was going to be kind of cute and a good segment. But I really love the way you sort of weave that into why not only why you're in PR, but why you're so good at it. So, um, and by the way, I, I, since you disagree with me way back when at the start of this, I'll disagree with you. Believe me, no one's calling me to be on TV. Trust me. <laughs> I, I have a fa- I have a face for radio and podcasts, and that's why I'm doing this. But but Chanel, you are wonderful, and I knew that. Um, perhaps I know that a little bit more now, but I really really appreciate the time that you took today. And I also want to thank obviously Google for the support of this entire program. All of the guests who appeared on the podcast preceding this one, and I do recommend you all go on prweek.com backslash us to listen to all of them. They were all very very interesting, insightful, and fun conversations in some places as well. Our whole goal here with these conversations conversations with the Changemakers program and the session that we're going to be having at PR Decoded on October 12th, you should all be there if you're not, if you're not signed up for it already, is that, look, this is an issue that the industry's future depends on. So everyone has a responsibility. PR Week has a responsibility. Leaders like Chanel have a responsibility. The agencies have a responsibility. The brands have a responsibility. Everyone has a responsibility. And if, and if PR Week and Google can sort of advance this conversation through talking to great leaders like Chanel, we're very, very happy to do that. But for now, I want to thank all of you for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this. And um, I will see you all out there again real soon. So have a great rest of your day. Thanks. 